0: Welcome to the What's Next Sports Podcast where each week we will be taking a look back at the main headlines from the previous seven days. We'll be offering you insights, opinion, hot takes and headline acts from the world of sport. You can follow the podcast on Instagram at whatsnext.pod and Twitter at whatsnextsport. Listen, feedback, enjoy and as always, trust the process. Fresh off the back of Boris's latest announcement, we are back with episode 14. Good evening, good afternoon, good morning, whatever it might be. Gentlemen, how are you both? Hurried. Right.
1: How are you? You good? Yeah, great. Thanks, Jimmy. What on earth was all of that? I don't know, mate. I just thought I'd do something different. <laughs> Sick as fuck over here. Not bad, though, mate. Good weekend. Um, delighted to attack another week. Boris's roadmap's been set out. Can start looking forward to a bit of normality. Sean, how are you?
2: Agree, Jimmy. Just good. Good to have some kind of date in the in the mind, isn't it? Just to think that normality is coming back at some point, even if you've had a nice stressful start this week, Jim. Cheers, better mate. than you winning loads. Better than you winning loads of money every weekend.
1: Oh, honestly, I've been dynamite recently. Jimmy's Jimmy's betting corner could be a new feature for the for the podcast if the listeners are interested. We'll ask them, Jimmy. But before that, we'll uh, we'll
0: fly through some headlines before we get on with the weekend. Uh, last week we had a few. Little ones. This week, we're going to go with a few more because we're going to catch up. So we'll start down under with the Australian Open. There were titles for Naomi Osaka and Novak Djokovic, as well as another prediction point for AJD. In the States, Tony Finau made it 37 top tens without a win as he lost in a playoff to Max Homer. And the Nets swept both the Lakers and the Clippers without KD. On the weekend that should have been Mayweather v. Logan Paul, Josh Kelly got stopped. Adrian Broner got the hype train back on track, and in the octagon, Derek Lewis's balls stayed hot with a vicious knockout of Curtis Blades. UAE Tour hit the crosswinds as the World Tour cycling returned to the event where Covid first cancelled the tour last year. Whilst at the Welsh Open snooker, Ronnie O'Sullivan, potential sporting goat, was beaten in a deciding frame by a former petrol pump attendant, Jordan Brown. Dan Carter announced his retirement from rugby. And in the Gallagher Premiership guest of episode 12, Christoph Ridley refereed the laws impeccably in the dying moments as controversy hit Sandy Park. Whilst at Welford Road, there were three red cards between the Tigers and the Wasps and there was a horror leg break go viral from the Madrid Sevens. And then to football, there was a passing of the guard in the Champions League as Messi and Ronaldo faltered whilst Haaland and Mbappe stepped up. Rangers and Antwerp served up game of the century midweek before Celtic made Rangers winning the league at Celtic Park an even greater reality as they lost at Ross County on Sunday. Everton cancelled the Reds' open-top bus as they won at Anfield for the first time in 22 years as Liverpool lose at home four times in a row for the first time since TV was invented, leaving Liverpool closer to relegation than they are to the title. Woodgate is appointed full-time Bournemouth head coach until the end of the season despite the club reaching out to Thierry Henry, and Pearson and Barton are both back in management also. Sunderland have a new 23-year-old owner, a place at Wembley in the Papa John's Cup final, and no fans to go and support them. Ryan Shawcross leaves Stoke after 14 years, and last but not least, Leicester suggests that they became aware of Grealish's absence thanks to a fantasy football as Villa players rushed to remove him from their teams. So, what a week. Busy, any thoughts on any of them, gentlemen?
1: Uh the Christoph Ridley moment. It, was it was a good referee? Did he start his run-up? No, he didn't.
0: He moved forward, ah, which the is the start of the run-up, Jimmy.
1: Did he? It's a yes. run-up, not a shoulder up. He's moved his shoulder and he's judged it on that. I think it's poor for him, poor for me. Jimmy stop slagging old guests off. Nah, it's to be honest, rugby referees get off the moral high horse. <laughs> us some thoughts on Liverpool we mentioned there? Uh,
2: no, I don't want to. Um, no, I think, was, I've said the last few weeks, um, I just don't think. I think they've just gone off the boil completely and to the to the point where, like you say, the, the start it's starting to get to the point where I am i don't really know what to suggest anymore. I'm sure Klopp will figure something out and we'll get in the Champions League. But, um, yeah, bye Mbappe and I'll be happy. Yeah, we'll see how that works out anyway. Tinners, you can back. go
0: first this
1: week. Yeah, buying and That's unrealistic, isn't it? It's we finished six. He's just got a hat trick at the new camp, and you've lost four consecutive home games. Do you think he's going to come to you? Worst champions ever.
0: <laughs> Tinners, we'll let you go first this week. What's next?
2: Yeah, uh, obviously this week we've had the IPL auction again for this year. So I thought we'd go with that. So I'm going to go with David Milan, leads 16-strong English contingent in the IPL draft and um, this year. So obviously a lot of English lads heading over, over there this year. Um, and I just thought we'd kind of go through three players each, who we thought was the bargain of the um, draft, who was the best kind of retained player? So I know that's kind of a given, but who's the best player that, that everyone's kept a hold of and who was the biggest miss? Um so Jimmy, I know you've looked into this a lot. So do you want to give us your, your bargain of the bargain of the auction? Yeah, um you know what, I've
1: got up an article here, but it's just the five most expensive players, so my bargain of the auction is Chris Morris. <laughs> Uh no, to be honest, i I genuinely I haven't got a clear who bargain of the auction would be. I haven't watched it. I've done no research on it. Um you look out for the big names, but I don't know cricket well enough to tell you who's been performing well, maybe in the uh, big bash or anything else, to then get picked up in the IPL. So if anyone else wants to throw a name out there and get me off the hook, that'd be that'd be nice if I review. Go on.
0: Can we just say before we go on to bargain buys? about Chris Morris that Jimmy's just mentioned, and maybe to debunk Jimmy's pick of bargain buy, how on earth he is worth £1.6 million pounds is beyond me, because the money involved in the IPL is baffling anyway. You've got uncapped players going for around the £1 million mark, pound mark as well. But he hasn't played bar three games this week since the IPL last year when he missed half of that due to injury, and he got released by his last
1: franchise. Maybe a pacer, isn't someone's he? someone's coming in. I'm, I'm not sure he's even that. Military meet?
2: Tell you what, he's given hope to everyone out here.
1: Fair play, Chris Morris.
2: It It, it is a bizarre surprise when he went for what he went for. I, I I Like you said, Doug, he was one of those ones where you watch a couple of games, and he was in and out, he didn't play every game, he, he's very injury-prone. I, I just don't get it. I don't see how he can be the most expensive. There was a player called... He's not, a... that, he's not that good with the bat, is he? So it's not like you're getting a, a Ben Stokes who can do both.
1: I do lie. I did watch about 10 minutes of the auction, and I got really confused when no one went in for Rohit Sharma, only to discover it was Mohit Sharma. So maybe someone thought Chris Morris was someone else, and they've got it big for him.
2: No, yeah, nice, Robbie. you got huge on him.
1: Just on Chris Morris
0: and his career T20 stats, I've made a note of a couple. And as you say, he is classed as a bowling all-rounder. So internationally, with the ball, 23 matches, 34 wickets, an average of 20.5 and an economy of 8.39. With the that. Bat, I would 100... take that. Let me finish, Jimmy. With the bat, 133 runs and 13 innings in those 23 matches, average of 14.77 at a strike rate of 130 with one unbeaten 50 in there to pad out his stats. And then domestically in T20s, around the globe, Sydney Thunder, Titans in South Africa, St. Kitts and Nevis in the Caribbean, Premier League, Chennai, Delhi, RCB in the IPL, Surrey, Hampshire over here. So he's experienced as a 34-year-old with the ball, 221 games, 273 wickets at 22 and an economy of 771 With the bat, 144 innings at an average of 20.86 and only three fifties. They are not £1.6 million stats.
2: No, if you took him as just a bowler, he'd still be quite expensive. But if you're taking him as a ball and all-rounder, I don't see how he's then 1.8. I I can see why you'd buy him as an out-and-out bowler. And I suppose there's the thing there, he can bat, he can hold a bat, he's not hopeless. But he's certainly not an all-rounder, is he? He's certainly not 1.8 worth anyway. Just as a comparison on that, to an all rounder,
0: I want to compare him to someone that went for less than three hundred and fifty K to KKR. And this is my bargain of the IPL. So to answer your question, Shakib Al Hassan. So forget his bans for being involved in match fixing allegedly surrounding IPL fixtures. I'd be amazed if every game didn't have something suspect going on. So we'll let him off for that. He's done his oh, fine, man. he's done his time. <laughs> Dog, he's it. back in the game. He's a spinner. He's ready-made for the IPL wickets, but his stats globally are as follows. Internationally, with the ball, 76 matches, 92 wickets at 20.58, and an economy of 6.8. He also has an international T25. Domestically, globally, he has bowling stats of 360 wickets in 317 games at 21.3, and an economy of 6.8 once again. He has a further four or five wicket horse to his name domestically. And then with the bat, internationally, in T20s, he averages twenty four in seventy six games with over fifteen hundred runs, nine fifties, and a strike rate of one two four. And domestically, another nineteen fifties, striking at one two two, over five thousand runs from two hundred and ninety innings. And he has gone for less by one point three million.
2: That's yeah, it's fair call. Cool. Not a bad player, is he? He was He was number what? He was the best all round in the world, wasn't he? Before he's banned. He was In all three of, formats, I yeah, think. yeah. He was miles ahead of everyone as well, wasn't he? He was like he was untouchable. Um yeah, nice bargain. I'll give you that. Um I suppose it depends if you want someone who bowls eighty five clicks or bowls left arm tweakers, but you'd certainly want to pick him, wouldn't you?
0: Who have you picked as your, uh, your bargain? Uh, well,
2: he, he, I say he's, a bargain, he's my bargain pick because he went for his base price. So the the team that he went to he literally just put one bid in and that, that was it. And that is Malanis himself, who's, who was part of the headline. He did go for 1.2, but for being the number one 2020 battler in the world and, and going over to Australia and, and doing what he did there in the Big Bash as well, to go for his base price and just have one bid on him was strange, I think. I can't imagine that would happen an awful amount, but I think he's not a bargain on price. I think he's a bargain on the fact that they got him for... They got him and that was it. No no one else playing in bid with him, so that's, that's why I've gone for him. Well, we talked about him when we talked about England's T20 team for the World Cup, and we said
0: that despite him being the best T20 player in the world, and despite him having his 950s and the one T20 international 100 averaging 50 and whatever else, he's almost that name that you think could be dropped. And actually... Yeah. That's probably reflected globally by people not going for him in the IPL. How the best player in the world is not having the big bids in from having every franchise, having at least a sniff at him to push his price up a little bit is, is baffling. And he's got an international wicket, so he's basically an all-rounder.
2: Yeah, well, with is, he is. Um, I, I think it's a case of the best players open the baton, don't they, in 2020. So, Coley, Co- as much as Coley was, didn't have a great last IPL, he's their best player, so he's going to open the baton. And I think that's the thing. He, he's one of those players that hasn't played over there, f- year in, year out, like the rest of them, Butler, Stokes, so they walk into the team and open the baton. So do other teams just trust the other players and think, well, is he just in a bit of a, a long purple patch that could come to an end if he goes and plays in India and gets found out a bit? don't know, but it is strange. There's obviously something that we look at and people aren't willing to take that risk. Base price of 1.2 million isn't cheap when, when you've... But then again, you're not going to sell yourself out when you're number one in the world, are you?
0: Uh, and, he, and he's in the opportunity to put himself yeah. at the shop window at that price. The Absolutely. only other one that I would mention would be Arjun Tendulkar for 20k. He could be a steal, even if it is only on the publicity thing. I don't know how much cricket you will play. He's a young lad. He's a left arm. He's obviously the son of Sachin. I think from a business point of view, the franchise might be able to get that money back from a business in terms of selling tickets, him being there, obviously his dad being associated with the franchise, but also just selling shirts with Tendulkar on the back of it and it being legit. So yeah. it might not necessarily be a cricket bargain buy, but I think they'll see more than their investment
1: return on that one. I hope he flops yeah. out like right. George Weir's cousin. <laughs> would make me a the greatest batsman of all time, Son, being a massive disappointment. And just getting careers based on his dad's name. Plus.
2: Jimmy, um, who 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 is your miss? Who 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 did you look at and who didn't get picked up? Who who do you think's gonna be a big miss or who do you think's <laughs> been unlucky to miss out? I think
1: Don Bess has been immensely unlucky, to be honest. Uh no. Um Has <laughs> there ever gonna be a week you don't slate in? Just I don't even know what it was. He just popped into my head for some reason. <clears throat> Might have been you mentioning Al-Hassan's record right in India on spinning decks, just all of a sudden remembering horrible PTSD flashbacks of Don Best bowling full tosses. Um, I'm going to go with Jason Roy. I know he's had a bit of a tough year. Um, certainly his 2018 and 2019 was so strong to then have the year that he has had. Um, I think Probably he's been very unfortunate. Um, I'm surprised no one took a punt on him, really.
2: Yeah, I, like it's like what I said about Malanda, isn't it? He, he's going to want to open the bat, and then it's is it a case of every team already had their open and batter sorted, and can you s- slot him in anywhere else in the order? I don't think you can. I don't think he I think he's best opening the button and, and I think if he coming come in down the order he wouldn't be as effective and whether that's kind of played against him a little bit um, this year then, then that's why he's not gone. I'm, I'm not sure. Do you
1: think that's affecting it?
2: I think it's probably affecting it slightly, the fact that everyone else has probably already got their opening bat sorted and the fact that he's had a bit of a, he had a poor big bash didn't he, he Didn't didn't set the world to light um, uh, I, I, Alex Hales isn't my one to miss out, he's not the one I meant, I'm going to mention but He certainly had a better tournament and he didn't get picked up either, but you probably thought there was more chance of Roy getting picked than Hales just because of what's gone on in the past.
0: I think the point that you make about teams having settled opening batters already in stock, obviously only allowed a certain number of overseas players. There's only eight IPL teams, eight IPL franchises. That's only 16 positions that can open the batting. Is Jason Roy in your 16 best opening batters? Because if he plays as one of your overseas you've got to knock someone down or you've got to play a, a local lad on the back of his BBL, probably not, but then no. he's probably going to go to the World Cup and I hope he's good for England there, but we'll yeah. see. My my, can't believe he wasn't bought is also another English lad, so I've, I've gone with Adil Rashid. Um, I can't believe, considering Moeen Ali's been picked up, considering Adil Rashid is England's frontline spinner, fourth best bowler in the world in the... ICC rankings over 200 T20 fixtures, domestically over 250 wickets. A leg spinner, you just always have that knack of taking wickets. Yes, you'll go for a few more, but especially in Asia, you're going to take wickets. So I can't believe that no one took a punt on him either.
2: Yeah, that's a bit of a surprise actually, because he's, he's right up there, isn't he, for white ball cricket. And it's a surprise when you watch some of the highlights of some of the wickets he gets out like when he bamboozled Corley. Um, and you just think, I just don't know whether there's just too many spinners out there and he he hasn't been there doing it so but again, has he played i p l
0: before I guess his lack of i p l no he hasn't that's exactly what I was going to say his lack yeah. of i p l experience now being mid thirties has possibly cost him as he thrown himself into the the auction a bit too late in his career, but then people know how good he is. He took yeah. years out of his red ball career in England with the auction to focus on his white ball cricket in his career it's not as if he's going to miss out on
2: going to a World Cup, so... No, No. well, he's certainly one of the best leg spinners in the world, isn't he? I mean, Adil Rashid will be up there, but he's certainly the best. Um, Adil Rashid's always going to go around the world and play in every tournament, isn't he? So, he's going to get better and better, but um, it's one of those. Isn't
0: um, who, do, who did you say, Tennis?
2: Mine's Devin Conway from uh, New Zealand. Um, so, he just got 99 against the Aussies. Than the last couple of days, um, and he's hardly he hasn't played an awful lot of cricket, put it that way. But he put himself up for the auction. His stats, including the last week, the last game, obviously that was after the auction. Seven matches, only five innings. He scored two hundred and seventy three runs at a strike rate of one hundred and fifty six, with an average of ninety one and a high score of ninety nine. And a couple of people have said he's in a bit of a purple patch. But looking back on his domestic record. Um, the purple patch has gone on for quite a period of time. Um, and for someone to not take a punt on a top-order batsman, when well, we've seen what happens in the IPL, lads go in and out of form, why wouldn't you give someone a go and and, and chuck them in there? I can't imagine he was putting himself up for the billions. Um, I'm sure someone could have could have taken a punt. I'm sure it would have worked out. He is 29, so whether that's played something against him that he hasn't played an awful lot of cricket. No or played any ipl from New Zealand, past. Jimmy. <laughs> I,
1: I'm not sure. I'd love the idea that he's gone into the auction and put himself in the top pay bracket because he's got <laughs> a couple of decent games under his belt. you. Yeah, he's the one-season yeah. wonder, and he's gone in demanding the big bucks of Chris Morris.
2: <laughs> I don't think he did, um, but I, I just think it's one of those you, you pick people on form, don't you? It's a case of he might not, he might only have one really good tournament, but why wouldn't you try him and, and use him for the price that you're going to get him? Um, but yeah, that was that was the one that I thought was a bit of a miss out.
1: Do you think he's been done on his age?
2: I think he's just been done on lack of people knowing, uh, just of people not knowing who he is. Yeah, I haven't clued his name, to be fair, Good stats. Yeah, and I saw that he scored 99, and then I looked at a few different things, and I'd realised he'd gone in the auction, and obviously he didn't get picked up, and then looked at his stats, and they are quite. Quite nice reading to be fair. Um he obviously just goes in and absolutely launches a put credit to him. Can he bowl? No.
0: That's why. So there that's you why. Go. No, it doesn't
2: bowl it doesn't bowl tweakers. Diger, so who've you gone for for the, the that kind of has been retained, um that you think has just been impressive over and over again.
0: Yeah, um again I've stayed in England for this one and selfishly I'd say any of the English lads retained heading into the World Cup in Asia at the end of the year, guessing to play more T20 in those conditions against the best in the world. I think Rajasthan's core of English talent with Stokes Archer and Butler there is incredible. So I think Archer is a pace bowler. He might have to be rotated, be rested a little bit. I'm never going to pick Stokes, so I'll go with Butler as being my best retained option. Nice,
1: Jimmy? Uh, I've just got a list up here. Um, David Warner is the first name on that list. To retain him is a good... Uh, asset. Um, also players such as Kane Williamson, uh, Johnny Bairstow, however I'm not sure if he was already on a two-year deal. Um, considering he didn't actually play at the end of the IPL, it's interesting that they did retain him.
2: Yeah. Well, I think the season before, he, he did really well with Warner, didn't he? And I think they were they were trying their very best to get them both firing, and I don't think either of them were really going, and they dropped him because Warner was captain. It's um, kind of how it works, isn't it? Um, I went with close friend of the show, Josh Philippe, because um He had a really good big bash, and I just think the the chances that he might get might 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 be a bit more this year, obviously they've signed a couple more Aussies, which will probably help as well um and obviously he's just made his his debut for Australia in the twenty twenty so we'll we'll stick with a close friend in fact he's your pal as well i there's yeah, no harm in, no friend, harm in saying it Sean. my my friend Josh.
1: your mate who plays international cricket ah
2: harrys son. That was our little wrap-up on the IPL auction for 2021. Looking forward to that kicking off once again. Um, Doyga, I think you've got our headline act of the week this week. So, what's next?
0: Yeah, so uh, two worlds collide this week as we welcome our very first rock star as a headline act. A couple of weeks ago, Jamie from The K's stopped by for a chat to talk all things Newcastle United and the current state of affairs at the club. Not only is he part of a great up-and-coming band, he supports a proper football team enjoy. Jamie firstly thank you so much for joining us as always how are you how are things in the middle of a lockdown for you as a rock star let's address you as.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: Thanks for having me yeah it's, it's all right
3: I suppose there's a lot of people got it worse but I would never say it was good either just slowly uh slowly plodding on just like everyone else I think.
0: What does lockdown look like for yourself and for uh, your band members with the K's? What have you been up to? How have you been filling your time?
3: Well, I'm shielding. Well, I'm supposed to be shielding. I'm trying my best to, but it's been a lot easier this time because uh, Dexter's currently got COVID as well. So he comes out of isolation on Saturday. So we've not been able to do anything anyway. But um, then we'll just get in the recording studio next week. Well, we are somewhere next week. We're not in the studio next week. Uh, get back, get back to business, really, because we are in like a support bubble because obviously that's our job yeah get back, get back to normality I can't wait to be honest because that's literally the only time I'm leaving the house at the minute to go and see the lads like uh, to to go and rehearse and record and whatnot so as soon as Dexter's able to leave the house again when he's feeling a bit better yeah get back to it
0: No, we hope he's well it was, honestly this year just as a whole has dragged and I can't imagine for you guys what would have been a really exciting time um, festivals, gigs, tours releases etc oh. um, being cancelled um, before we do move on to the main body of this conversation that we will uh, we will get to that. <laughs> I really can't wait for to be honest, um, tell us a little bit about the K's, <laughs> um, about the band about what's coming up for the K's if you can, as briefly as you can
3: so we've been going for about three years um, but well it's more like about two and a half years now with a with a lineup that we've got with me, Dexter, Jordan and Ryan. Um yeah, we've just been doing playing the circuit and that got picked up early. Started better venues, had national tours um planned for the, for this year that obviously haven't gone ahead. We've done some tours, but this was our biggest one. Obviously we had a festivals, we had Isla White, we had Kendall Carlin, we had Neighbourhood uh, all playing the main stages that is we had loads of festivals all over but we were supposed to be on the main stages and festivals I think um, it, it was just a packed out summer of just travelling the country and around Europe uh, just playing gigs and drinking in the sun that didn't go to that. Didn't well go to we'll one. get
0: back there soon enough I just said to you before before we uh, we came on that I've used the K's um, playlist on Spotify now and again is my running playlist quite often and it's got me through um, and there's many of those songs that keep me going quite a lot whether that's so Sarajevo, Glass Houses uh, Valley One even is one of my favourites which is obviously a little bit slower for you as part of the band what's your favourite and what are you most looking forward to that first festival back in the sun couple of beers deep which one can you not wait to perform for crowds value One, definitely, because it's the one that we've never played really?
3: before. Me and Ryan released that when, when Ryan had COVID. Yeah, he uh, he like ripped this piano track sort of thing and sent it me on a WhatsApp message because he couldn't leave <laughs> his bed. He was really really ill with it. Ryan, uh, this was started last year, and we had a release plan for last year, but then it all went to shit because obviously COVID. Like we couldn't tour or anything, so everything went out the window. We couldn't even record anything, so we were like, should us to just record something at home and put it out just to tie people over, thinking it'd be a lot shorter than it was. And, yeah, so we released Valley One and everyone loves it and we've never played it live, though, so then it's, like, nearly a year later now, probably about 10 months later now, and we've still not played it, so we can't wait to... Like, it's going to be special the first time we can play it because, obviously, everybody
0: knows it and stuff and we've never played it ourselves. So it would be good. No, that will be wait. good. That's awesome. Well, one thing I'm going to say, Jamie, and I, I don't want to speak on your behalf, um, but I imagine the thought has possibly passed your mind once or twice that the dream gig for yourself um, is possibly a stadium... St James's yeah. Park, we've got you on. We obviously want to give the Ks as much airtime as possible. A uh, great band, great music. I encourage everyone to go and listen to them. But you are here as a Newcastle fan. Sorry for your sins. St yeah. James's Park is that a venue that down the line you would love to be in the uh, the centre circle of? Probably doing a better job up front than a lot of them, but a uh, but performing
2: as well.
1: Yeah.
0: Definitely. I said that I actually had an interview the other day
3: that me and Ryan was on. They asked us this question, and my answer was that yeah, uh, I did say yeah, uh, St James's Park. That'd just be that'd be the yeah. dude. Did
0: uh, you uh, have you heard, have you heard <laughs> the story about um, Sam Fender? He was meant. I think it might was it last summer, and it may well not have happened anyway. But um, maybe two summers ago, and he was due to headline St James's Park, and it was back to back, and they just released. I think they'd even put the posters out. And he was down in London um, and he made some comments at one of his smaller gigs about Mike Ashley owning the club and he called him a fat whatever and uh, about a day day
1: later, (laughs) the
0: business managers at uh, at Newcastle pulled the plug on those two concerts. So he he may well not be there for a little while. So my advice from a distance would be don't slag off the owner and you'll be there in no time. But um, (laughs) Yeah, I'll try my best. How does... How? What's your link to Newcastle? What's your relationship? Because you aren't from the northeast yourself or based in the East. No, I'm not. Um, talk us through that.
3: So I was born. I was born in Warrington, which is a town, if you don't know, right in between Manchester and Liverpool, and that's where we live now. But my dad's a Geordie, and my dad's side of the family. So we moved down here when he was like a teenager at some point. I think in his later years of high school, but obviously by that time, uh, growing up in Newcastle, he was just completely obsessed with. With Newcastle United, so he just brought that down with it, with him, and instilled it into me and my brother. So yeah, we're like the only two Newcastle fans like, uh, for like about fifty miles each way or something. But uh, well, it certainly feels that way. But we do the talking for about a hundred thousand of us. I say. think you'd be <laughs>
0: forgiven where you are for uh, for picking someone else that a you're a lot closer to and b they're a hell of a lot more successful. Yeah. Um, go yeah. on then, let's open the floor. I want to what the state of the uh, the club of Newcastle and the football that they're they're offering us as fans to uh grit our teeth through
3: i don 't think there can be any other <laughs> opinion can that than than what all the fans are saying there is no counter argument to to what the fans are saying that uh, Steve Bruce needs to leave the club like it needs it needs to be sacked and I, and I understand there is like there's an ownership problem and obviously it runs really deep but As an immediate sort of quick fix to keep us in the Premier League at least, he he needs to go. Like we've got, what is it? We we got beat last night by Leeds, and we had like about half an hour where it was like encouraging, and we actually had a couple of shots, and Almroth scored. And like, it was sort of like he, he was expecting everything to be forgiven because we'd like had a couple of shots on goal. And it's like, yeah, we still lost the game. I, couldn't really, I saw I some of the headlines. Games in it
0: a maybe even the, talk, the classic clickbait talk, sporty headlines that were saying Newcastle fans would be mad to want Steve Bruce out on the back of losing to Leeds because they managed to have two shots on target in the second half. And you sort of think, if that is where <laughs> yeah. we've got to with our football... To want a manager to stay because we can muster up two shots. We've got two points out of 27 or something, and just. Yeah, it is. It's two out of 27. It? <laughs> it's, um, it's a shocker. I know, obviously, at the moment, um, no one is going to footballs, and that's probably a blessing for Steve Briss, to be honest. I think if he had 50,000 people in a stadium at St. James's um, telling them what they really think, he might actually do the honest thing himself i know that some people have been outside the stage and throwing cabbages and putting flags and stuff up outside. yeah do you get to see newcastle in action i know you've got a very busy schedule yourself or is it a uh,
3: uh yeah i've got a season ticket awesome. i've got a season ticket uh, and i go to all the uh, 20 away games when when i'm not gigging so my my weekends are um either playing gigs or watching football every single weekend or sometimes like both if we're playing in London and we're playing like on a Saturday night or something there's been times where like I went to Palace uh, at three o'clock and then met the lads in London and things like that Presumably uh, either
0: highly depressed or absolutely highly ecstatic because the football's gone one of two ways and the gig afterwards you could probably tell (laughs) what the football result was Oh, we just go for the day, day out. Day. What? What's, just go for the day out. The football's a bit on the side. What's better? Is it an away day or a K's gig then? What, what, what should we get to first? Oh, <laughs> I need to be careful what I say here, Don't, from, a business, <laughs> from a business point of view.
3: Uh, I couldn't live without either of them. Well, I know we mm-hmm. are doing it at the minute, but I mean, if it was like the both, the, them two are the most important things in my life. Do you know what I mean? What's your favourite away to go day? To to football with my dad and my brother. Do you know what? I really like Fulham, mate, and I bet that's not quite, that's, I think the, the boats last year, I was on the boats last year and that was just unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. And we won 4-0 as well. Oh, it was the year before, yeah, yeah, it was, weren't we? The, yeah, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was there, the year before. It? It was he says, um, yeah, it's,
0: yeah. it's
3: just all blurring into Run. one now with this lockdown. Uh, yeah, so, that, so Fulham, when we could last go to football, I think that was my mm-hmm. last game.
0: Absolutely. I my last game was um, wait oh no it, no it wasn't no it wasn't at all sorry no sorry my last me. game was um was West Brom in the cup and it was probably the last time I felt like Newcastle had a chance in because then we went into the lockdown almost straight after it yeah. um we'd just beaten them
3: was was that in February yeah it was right? about yeah. Yeah, that was my last game. I don't know why I'm thankful. So <laughs> we
0: had in <laughs> inflatable and penises about. everywhere and stuff like that, and we managed to nearly blow. Yeah, it away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was my last um, game. And I think they're getting played. I keep for thinking COVID. for some reason that, that that's when I keep thinking
3: that uh, the the end of that season is when COVID mm-hmm. started, and I don't know why I can't get yeah. out my head because we got like nearly enough a full season, and mm-hmm. after that, Well, um, but for some reason, mate, I keep thinking it's that, but I went to loads against that season. Like I say, I had a season yeah. that season, so it's just all nursing to one, mate. I, uh, I, I think it's probably a coping now.
0: technique, to be honest. You just, <laughs> it blurs yeah. into one, it's safe. But that was my last game when we nearly sat <laughs> that was when we were still in a cup and we still had a bit of hope. But um, I, um, I saw you, I don't know how long ago it would have been, but you were on soccer AM. Um, obviously talking the band, talking yeah. football on there. Who was on alongside you? And obviously, I guess the main question about Soccer AM is how did he get on in the challenges when you got up onto the rooftop?
3: So we was with let me
0: think because it was about eighteen months ago. It was it David Seaman? Um, we was
3: with someone off Game of Thrones. I can't remember his name in real life, so <laughs> sorry to sorry to you. But he was a nice guy. Uh, I can't really remember who else who else was on, but. I hit my volley, all right. I didn't hit it too bad. The keeper saved it, but I connected with it and didn't slip on the ass. So I think take a the success. Like They can't really ask for, ask for much more than that. Uh, so yeah, but it was it was a, it was a great day. And Fenners and Jimmy are great. We still speak to them sometimes and stuff, just over Instagram messages. They're really supportive. They like new bands as well. They do get a say in like what music goes on and stuff, and they mm-hmm. do support new bands. And they're both like they're both exactly the same in person as they are on the telly, really. They're nice guys. Awesome.
0: So yeah. I think that's one of the things Get back on as soon as I remember can. about Soccer AM growing up and I think it's a real shame that it's almost been shortened as I've grown up and it used to be the full three hours on a Saturday morning you'd watch it and that was Love yeah. John Chamberlain type thing and now it is Fenners and Co. Um, but that same thing, that music platform that they give young bands, young artists, and getting people on even to interview or even if it's just as the music on the showboat or the goals of the week type thing, I think it's an awesome um opportunity for young bands and a great platform and obviously it ties it in with sports what are your fondest memories of the black and white stripes Jamie the,
3: uh, Fulham mm. last year was really good and then boats and stuff like my dad's been going for about 40 odd years now probably probably touching you know, on 50 years with, um, since his first game now and, and I think that that was his as well there was like the Brighton one for last season as well I don't know if you've seen that that would have been amazing but that Fulham game Always stands out to me. We beat City two 0 in the cup, about probably about seven. Years. I think I think Rolando Aaron scored early on, and then like Gouffran or Aubertan or something like that scored. Like, but that was my. I was probably only about seventeen at the time, and that was my first game where I was like absolutely flattered. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like I've been on the beers all day. It's a night game near home. and like that was the first time I was like proper drunk at a game. Like, and I don't know. So that always stands. And obviously we beat City in the cup. Uh, so, so that them two stand out for me. My, uh, I can remember my first game as well. I my first game was well, saying that my first actual game. My dad took me to Everton when I was about three or four. And I think I just cried the full time <laughs> <laughs> because I was so young uh, and it was so loud. But then uh, he left it a couple of years. game at St James's was that two one over Everton again, where Shearer scored that volley. Mm. You know, like the famous volley, when and there's a picture. We've got the picture somewhere in here where. When, I mean, Obie's heading it down, like, the picture from the side, me, my dad and my brother are sat behind him there at our first games at date. You can oh. just see us, at, yeah, it's, like, it's a while ago picture. I don't
0: know where it is, so. That is quality. I, I couldn't remember, I know a talk about I've got a season ticket as well at St. James's, and I go I go with my dad as well, and that's our thing. It's always been us uh, getting away then. I remember, Um, he always recalls the story that were the two or three years in a row where we went to Wembley for a semi or a final in the FA Cup, and it was... Arsenal awesome one year, Chelsea another year, um, and I remember being on Wembley Way and walking back down and all these grown men, Newcastle fans, in absolute tears around the place. <laughs> and I look up at my hand and just sort of, I said to him, or he recalls, I turned to him and I said, why are they all crying? We'll be back next year, type thing. And naturally, we've not been anywhere near <laughs> yeah. since, and I am now yeah, I am now that grown man, kind of crying, thinking, just wishing for some sort of success. But um yeah. if Steve Bruce has got to go, Jamie, um who who do you who do you bring in? Who would you like to see, who do you reckon would make a difference, um, keep us in the league to start with and then move us forward?
3: I think this is a really difficult question because I know there's this, everybody obviously fantasizes about Benitez, and I loved him when he was at us. People could talk about how boring the football was, but I genuinely think he was building a team and really was a lot better in a lot better state when he left than he we uh, was when he took over. People are talking about Eddie Howe and stuff as well, but I think I think you can only have an opinion like based on based on so much as a fan because you don't know how, like what backing they're going to put in place. Do you, do you know what I mean? Like how how much. They're gonna to get to work with like whether they're gonna have control over their own transfers and things like that. So it's really difficult to say because you just sort of clue them. I do think Eddie Howe's a good manager though. But we've uh, we've seen that Graham Jones we've got a phone. Yeah, today. saw that they just signed him.
0: Well, I signed him. Well, signed him. Do you sign a coach? Bought in a coach? They paid for him. Yeah.
3: <laughs> and all the Bournemouth fans replied to their tweet, like the Bournemouth tweet saying he's gone, just saying thank God for that. Like, oh no more five back and stuff. Yes. So they're like. Happy to have him gone. I know I was sitting on Twitter, I was like, surely not. Surely, surely we've not done this. It's 250 grand is all well. we had to pay Bournemouth, I yeah. think. So, should have took it off what they paid Steve Bruce. To try, yeah, I've
0: seen, <laughs> yeah.
3: in my opinion. Stick it on that or <laughs> stick it
0: on someone's uh, wage. Yeah, I think it is. I think the point that you're yeah. making, especially there's all this takeover talk, still carries on. It's still. And things like that, and as you say, Benitez wanted so much control; he wasn't necessarily given it. All of a sudden, Bruce comes in; he's given the budget, but it's, he's buying players that, in Joe Linton, that Benitez clearly didn't want and openly said, yeah. "I don't want." So, yeah. <laughs> and probably for a reason. With all due, I know he's a young lad, <laughs> a
3: lad, and he's shown glimpses, but I can't, I can't, I can't deal with it, me. I can't deal with his work. Right, mm-hmm. that's the thing. I think he just doesn't look arse. I understand it's not going his way, but it's just. He just doesn't look like he cares at all. He's not, like, fighting to try and get himself chances and stuff. He just seems to uh, give up on himself as well. And it's just like, just move on. Do you know what I mean? At that point, it's probably better for you to just find a new club and wish him all the best if he does. But I, don't, I can't ever see him doing I anything I think you cut us. your
0: loss. If they're saying they thought they were going to make money off 40 million, however long down the line we are now, <laughs> now someone's, uh, someone's got that one wrong. There's all this... <laughs> Information, information, is that right? We had press, publicity, talk, I guess, naturally, of trying to work out whose fault it is, whether that's Bruce's or whether that's the players. Do you think they're a decent set of players that they've got at the minute? Could a decent manager do something with them? I think so. I think last
3: night showed it when they actually started. i want to go, and don't get me wrong, they're not blameless at all. I don't see why people have this sort of idea that they are, because some of the performances, I mean, like... Shelby and Hendrick and players like that in the middle, just they don't, they're not offering anything. Shelby's like he has this sort of myth around him about the about being such a good technical footballer and a passer and stuff. And I do believe he is, but he just looks like he can't be asked, doesn't he? Most of the time, it's like he just doesn't even want to be there. But he played all right last night. And I think if they, if they have a bit of confidence about him, and we've got more than enough to at least stay in the Premier League, if you look at like the Leeds 11 compared to ours, I don't think that any of their team gets in ours, maybe like Phillips or someone like that or ailing at right-back. But I don't think there's like a big difference in the team. I'd, I think I'd rather have most of our squad. I'd probably have Phillips in the middle, actually. Yeah. I, I've that,
0: got this theory on... I think the squad's... has got this theory on Shelby that... I've got a bit of a theory... Well, naturally, as a football fan, you've got a theory on everyone, haven't you? But my theory on Shelby is that if he pulls off his first 40-yarder that he tries to pull off in the first five minutes and it comes off, he'll have a decent game. But if he doesn't... You might as well pull him off there after five minutes because he's not going to offer any... Yeah, yeah. And the thing I've realised in the last couple of weeks is in that middle of the park, we're so slow. If we've got the ball anywhere near halfway and lose that ball, you're hoping that the opposition miss because the long staff boys tracking back, Hend- uh, Hendrick, Shelby, they've got no gas to track back and win that
3: ball. I can't... I can't believe it. Maybe with with like Sean and Matty Longstaff like being such young lads, the way they run—it's like they're running through glue, chasing <laughs> players back. I can it's, it's like, come on, you like in Matty Longstaff's like nineteen. Or it was a couple of weeks ago, and I, I thought they had that. a glitch
0: because the striker was just kept going, and he was still <laughs> staying up by halfway somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: And I do like, I do like, uh, I do like Matty Longstaff. I think he's the better of the two, and I think there is potentially a player in there. But I think that's another thing um, when you bring in a manager. So negative, uh, the the sort of the development of players really can halt as well. Because I think Jamal Lewis, I think there's a player in there. He's not playing well at all. But I think if he he was him and Max Aaron's were like big outlets for Norwich down down the wings, and he's coming to a team where he's basically being told you've got just got to defend for ninety minutes. Like we're just, that's all we're doing. You're, they're going to have all the ball, and you've just got to try and stop them scoring for ninety minutes. He's not that sort of player, but that that makes you then question. Why would you bring him in to play like that? Why would he be your target? There's a million questions isn't there and no answers.
0: <laughs> I will never get them, so there's no point really bothering asking. We might as well just put up. But I completely agree. Someone like Jamal Lewis, Ryan Frey, they were both lived with Liverpool, who are obviously your best attacking team in the country, just about. And we bring them here and we
2: yeah. sit
0: them back and we say, All you're going to do is defend and make a tackle as soon as it gets near the 18 yard box. It's not, It's not conducive to how they want to play or how. I think teams yeah. should be playing football. But lastly, that's what, who's who's the favourite player that you've ever seen in the black and white stripes, even if it's going back or even if it's modern day. Who's your your local hero, so to speak?
3: Uh, I think Shearer is the obvious answer, and I probably would say Shearer. But I always try and say somebody else just because Shearer is so <laughs> obvious. Do you know what I mean? Like he's like he's just such he's so head and shoulders above anybody else to ever play for us in yeah. my eyes. Um when we was having. I loved Kabai for us. When Kabai mm-hmm. was playing for us, I loved him. I loved Coluccini before he started spitting his dummy out, but he was getting on then and wanted to go back to Argentina and that. Uh, so I'd probably... Uh, but Ben Arthur as well, when he had his good game, I'll say none of them. Uh, I'd say Genie Wijnaldum when he was playing for us before he thought of that. We uh,
0: we spoke to Rob Elliott a couple of days ago, a couple of weeks ago, um, and we asked about Ben Arthur. Oh, yeah. Um, and we said to him, we said, was he frustrating? How, and he said, hands down, the most talented player I've ever seen. But Jesus Christ, yeah. you didn't know what you were going to get. They didn't even shock you. They would be absolute freak things and they wouldn't shock you because you knew how capable he was and you just see the goals against uh, the Blackburns and the Cup and things like that. And they just wouldn't surprise you because you'd seen it five days a week. But then when you saw him doing yeah. absolutely fuck all in the middle of the park, you just go, come on, like we know you're, you're capable of doing more than that and sort of screaming out for someone like that now who just has a bit of quality and go forward, I think would be nice.
3: Yeah, I think Pardew took a bit of flack for that, didn't he, as well? But um, like people were saying he'd been Pardewed and stuff, but he's been every mm-hmm. club he's been at, and it. Like we've been half every single club he's been at said the exact same yeah. about him. He's just got an attitude problem, hasn't he? <laughs> Great footballer and an attitude problem. But like I say, when he had them good games, like, I can remember that I was at both the I was at, we play Bolton mm-hmm. at home and then Blackburn away. I think it was when he went on them. I was at both of them games, and it was just like seeing that in person. It was just like the, that Blackburn one. I still think is the best goal I've ever seen in person. Just the way he just keeps like switching direction and just diving in from all goals has
0: after ten bodies on the floor around them. <laughs> I remember, because it, it was probably around the time sort of the sort infancy of Twitter and things like that, and it might even have been after that game. I might be completely lying like, or oh, after a game. Um, and someone had tweeted a photo where they'd seen him in one of the the kebab shops on the corner near St James's, and he was literally guessing his kebab as takeaway, having just played in the Premier League or in the FA Cup, whatever it might have been And he thought <laughs> thought back then, he was like, "Geez, can I come I can't take it seriously for a few years." And now, if that had been if that got tweeted now, it'd be viral, it'd be up everywhere. Um, and that tweet's still yeah. there. It probably does get pulled up now and again, but you just sort of think he was he was special, um, and he was like, and you kind of want Max and Am to do that a little bit." and He's showed glimpses yeah. of it and he's pulled off, even in Oxford in the Cup, as we were saying just before in that Cup run last year where he scores that goal to get us through. And you sort of think, right, do that against the big boys. Carry us through. Yeah. We'll see, I think.
3: Yeah. In his getting run of games <laughs> under his belt. I do think he played well when he came <laughs> on last night. Though He showed a bit of glimpses at Villa. Um, but obviously, that was his first game back in like three months. And when he came on last night, I thought he played very well. Do you know what? Actually, he's probably my favourite player mm-hmm. since year uh, ever thinking about it. Just when it, just when he shows them their little moments, it's probably unfair on like solid players that like people like Coloccini, you know, that never show that fur but have been proper loyal servants to the club for years. That people just like Saint and do little things, and it just makes you love them so much. But I know that's football stories. <laughs> Jimmy,
0: who's on the podcast, he was with us. He would one 100- hundred <laughs> James Perch to you. He would be saying, "Just the most <laughs> workhorse like player would play everywhere." Um, He'd yeah, championing him to you all the time but um, that's exactly what you say. you've got these We're, mavericks and you've got these
3: Did he go to Wigan after all, or so did we get him off
0: Wigan? Yeah, uh, I think he went to, I think he's actually I saw something the other day, I don't know whether it was a, a joke tweet or not, but saying that actually he's looking for a club, he's out of contract and just just bring him back in because he'll fill the gaps and he'll work his nuts off for us <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, he wants to be fair And actually he's probably better than what we got and uh, he actually knows what it means to play for the shirt but um, yeah, he went yeah. down to, to Wigan, I think, from us. Um, just sort of got released in strange circumstances. Wasn't playing badly, was in the team and just got told, someone's put a bid in for you and we can actually get something for you. So, that's football. James Perk, <laughs> <laughs>
3: Last from the past, you've asked me my favorite player, and I've said about 10. <laughs> <laughs> Literally just like,
0: name and a just just like
3: it. remembering different players <laughs> and just being like, Oh, it's him actually. No, it's Shira. is definitely my favorite player by a million. Months. No,
0: that's football, Jamie. Yeah. I won't keep you any longer, but I may well get you on to rant and have some therapy about the tune in the future down the line. But, um, I really hope that definitely. things get back to normal so we can get back into away ends or get back into St. James's Park or get back to a gig soon. <laughs> um, and I look forward to <laughs> seeing stuff, what's thanks for you you and the boys and I hope they get better soon I hope Covid clears up for them I hope you get back in the uh, the studio and the rehearsal room and uh, everyone's fit and healthy thank you very much mate thank you for having me great lads great music and as Jamie says what a great shame what is going on at the club at the moment as you heard when I sat with Jamie the club had just lost that game to Leeds, leaving us two points from possible 27. That was probably the game that people jumped on and the press started saying that fans should take hope from the fact that there was a positive 20 minutes or so at the death of that game. Now, here we are a few weeks on, one game above the relegation zone, eight points for the last 42. Has there been any improvement or is relegation more than just a threat now, Jimmy? Don't get me
1: started. Oh, you say rele- is relegation more than just a threat? I think it has been for weeks now. I think anyone who says it is and is kidding themselves. Steve Bruce says he's optimistic of getting the points. I just don't see where his optimist- optimism is coming from. Just... Have you been impressed with Joe Willock? Um, yeah. Yeah, I think he's only had three games and I think when one of them you spent half an hour with nine men and the other two one's way at Chelsea and the other's way at Man U. He's not had the easiest run in to go and impress but he's done well. He offers legs in midfield. Um, is he what
2: you needed, do you think?
1: Yeah, I think he is. I'd, I'd still like to see maybe him play as a two with Hayden and find a way to get Ryan Fraser in there and just be a little bit more attacking. Um, but I'd, I've i been impressed by him. I think the one problem that you face is keeping a hold of him for next season.
2: Yeah. He's not going to want to play in the
1: championship. <laughs>
2: If you if you stay up, and I think you will, and Joe Willick stays, who would be the one signing if you could go and get him? Realistically, I'm back there. who what, realistically? Um, do you want a name or a position? I think
1: we need we need pace. Uh, p- we position, need pace and defence.
2: P- position to start, and then if you think of it, you can pop it up in the podcast later on. Who, what position? Uh, um, and what would you I need think, in that I think position? We need... Is it a fullback with pace or? uh
1: I think we need a centre-back with pace, yeah. just I think we're so slow in defence at the minute and we've been short this year. Interesting.
0: Just quickly, if we were to go down, how many players would Premier League clubs come in for in our current squad? Oh,
1: um, I think that's something... Six? Dubravka. Six. could t- probably see someone coming in Bedarlo so. as well. So probably the two keepers, Sam Maximum, Wilson, I could probably see Char. someone going in for Almiron. I think someone, uh, I could see Sharby in board as well. Nah, I can't see Sharby in board. He was pretty pony before that injury. He had a couple of decent games at, like just before the injury, but um, Hayden, maybe I could see a team taking a punt on him. I don't know. It's not a, it's yeah. not a superstar team, is it? Does anyone want the manage? There's, There's not loads. The there's not loads, but anyway,
0: that rounds off uh, our Newcastle for the weekend there, uh, obsessing Jimmy. But, Jimmy, just to finish for this week, what's next?
1: Boris has announced the return to sporting venues. So I thought we'd have a quick discussion as to the events coming up later in the year. Um, any that have caught your eye, any that you maybe want to, even if it meant travelling out to, that you fancy going to have a look at. Bit of a spectator abroad, um, just to get out of the country for a little bit.
2: Doug, where are you going? Where's the first place? Well,
0: well, I mean, I think the bucket list item for anyone is, or well certainly for me, and that we've been planning for a long time, fingers crossed we're allowed to do, it would be to get across to Australia for that Boxing Day Test match. Whether I'm desperate to watch cricket as my very first event or not, I'm not so sure, but St James's Park under lights, would quite like to get back in there with a full house. Uh, but I imagine as soon as June the 21st comes round, I'll be jumping on a train and I will be taking my tent and camping outside the Ali Pali and waiting to uh, make sure I can get back in there for uh, for some darting action as soon as the uh, the big numbers are allowed back. So that's probably my, my number three uh, or my top three, so to speak, in terms of sports and grounds I'd like to attend. The only other one that I would give an honourable mention to that I actually quite liked or would quite fancy going to... Uh, it would be that Spurs new stadium. Um, I still quite like the look of that. Not for any particular reason to do with Spurs, but I just quite like the look of it. So maybe NFL? there as well. Yeah, maybe, just because then I don't have to pretend that I'm supporting Jose and the rest of them. But uh, I just it looks quite impressive. It's got all these fancy gizmos and bits and pieces. It's got one more seat than the Emirates, which I think is quite good uh, shithousery. So I've not been able to get down there
1: it's a stadium, but I'm pleased that you take such a keen interest in it. Um, European championships. I'm looking no further than that. Get me three different cities across Europe to sample the food, the beer, the culture and the football hooliganism. Not that I'd be partaking in it, but you know, just taking a back seat, watching it all unfold in front of you. Um, Wembley for watching Southgate lead England out in the final. Maybe that's optimistic. What about for the Scotland game? Oh, England-Scotland would be dynamite, wouldn't it? That would be class, actually, if you can get yeah. a full stadium for that. Yeah. That would be a good be a big jump game. on the train down from Edinburgh, Jimmy, with all the Scots. <laughs> i tell you what, Newcastle at the King's Cross will be bouncing. Absolutely electric. Uh, apart from that, the be only best other best one that I'm really it. looking forward to is um, getting back to the West End, Wuhan, to go watch Newcastle Blue Star. Give you a bit more um give you a few more <laughs> updates on how the non league adventure is going. Um me following my second club who are just as bad as my first club around the northeast.
2: Nice. Very good. I think Tidders, where are you Where I'd um, oh, see. I've got no real interest in American football or Amer- or basketball, but I just think the way they do it all, when you watch them over there, it, it, it's very interesting. I don't think I will kind of head there or anything. I'd love to go to a basketball game and, and experience that over there because I think they just take everything to the extreme. That's not the top of my list, but it's certainly up there. If I got the opportunity to go and do it, I, I would do. Um, I think I'm going to have to enjoy, uh, agree with Jimmy and and go around the Euros and get the different cities and do all of that. I think that would be the perfect way to kind of finish off or, or, or certainly go to the first few events. I'm not sure which one will be first, but um, I'm not sure we can go much further. I, I've been to the Boxing Day test, but I think it wasn't quite as important or as big as if it was the Ashes Boxing Day test. I think that would be, that's certainly still top of my bucket list. Um, it's, it was a great day of the day I went, but I think, Put the England and the Barmy army there. I think it makes it 10 Tokyo
1: and the Olympics? First,
2: You've first. sort of brushed over that. Oh, yeah, that's a good one, Yeah, I think it would be interesting going there as well. I think anything that kind of involves some, a different kind of sport, I think I've kind of brushed over in general anyway and always just thought, oh, I'll go to the football, I'll go to the cricket, and that, that'll that do. I think it's um, quite good to go and actually sample some other sports and, and see what it's like when we get the opportunity. I think. It will be. The skiing time.
1: world championships have been on the last week from Co- uh, Cortina in Italy, and I would love to have been there, just watching it on Eurosport. The sun, the snow, genuinely, just the idea of being on a slope somewhere, having a beer, watching people skiing down a mountain at high speed, being considerably
2: better than me—nothing, not like. Can I not just watch you go down, Jim? And when you're I and laugh and drink a beer, is that not?
1: Do what you want, Tennis. I'm not good enough to entertain you there. It's a bit like most sports are partaking.
0: <laughs> but the that, only other one I'd give a quick mention to, just when you mentioned going across to America there, Tinners, the Ryder Cup, the rearranged, crowds allowed back over there at Whiston Straits in September. Um, I'd quite like to be part of the European contingent, getting out there for the first time in a, in a little while for the rearranged Ryder Cup. That would be the the big golfing events that I was, uh, could see myself. What city is it
2: in? Uh,
0: I quite...
1: it's at Whistling Straits, so I don't actually know where that is. Wisconsin, love a ride a couple way that would be dynamite, wouldn't it?
2: I think any kind of tour, um, would be good though, with everything that's gone on. I think anywhere where you can go to a few different places and do that. So even though the Olympics obviously is in set one place, just look around somewhere different, being able to the Euros going to different spots. I think. It's kind of give us enough time to think. Right, we'll go and do as much and see as much as we can. I think I, I certainly won't be turned down any tickets to any sporting event if if they come available.
0: Well, you hear Jamie uh, from the K's there talking before about London away days and being at Palace and being at Fulham and the West Brom Newcastle Cup game just before lockdown became a thing, and that was the last time I was in any sport sort of sporting arena. And it feels so long ago. So yeah, as you say, as he said. Getting back Palace there. is
1: a bad away day. Good. It is so far out the way. It is terrible. Fulham electric. Palace questionable. I didn't do West Brom. I tell you what, I did do before lockdown. I did. Um, I was in the away end for Fulham versus Bristol City back in March last year to watch Tom Kearney score a last minute equaliser, going absolutely berserk. And if I knew what was to come with our rivalry with Fulham this season, I probably wouldn't have celebrated it as much. You're at Rochdale calling Robbie Savage all sorts. <laughs> yeah, well, It's right? everything he deserves so Him and Chris Sutton. Although I have, I was listening to their show on a Sunday night after the Newcastle defeat. <laughs> they have gone up in my estimations a little bit. They're both just two massive shit houses, and they rattle everyone who listens. It's actually quite good listening.
0: Well, hopefully something to look forward to. But just before we close for the week. As always, our prediction. And uh, Feel free to get one right at any time, you two, if you want to, because I am running
2: away with this one. But, I'm, not, um, I, I'm not going back and checking the scores because I'm not near the top anymore, so there's no point. You can go back and do that if you want, but I'm not. Uh, let's just
0: say I'm five up.
2: We'll, we'll go All back right. to that.
0: Five-nil-nil. Nil.
2: Three three up, fine.
0: Uh, Rangers, we mentioned it at the top of the show, Rangers won away Antwerp through the week, 4-3. <laughs> They go back to Ibrox. They're about to win the league at Celtic Park before things go to plan. Let's make that a prediction. Talk Europa League. What will Rangers win by at home to Antwerp?
2: Um, I'll go 3-1 Rangers. A little, little bit of a shake. 1-1. There'll be a little bit of nerves and then they'll, they'll pull away at the end. Stevie, Stevie G's going the whole way. If Liverpool can't win, I'll start sporting Rangers and they'll win. Seven four aggregate. Both
1: score two two draw.
0: Yeah, I think that suits Rangers. Uh, I'm going to go two one Rangers. I think there'll be goals as well, but I think uh, I think Rangers will win it and they'll pull through. But we'll wait and see what happens. Lots got through there. Enjoyable as always, gentlemen. Look after yourselves. One week closer to uh, freedom.
2: You too. Speak soon, lads. See you. All the best.
1: I'm the cat with the bass and drum going around like bum bum bum.